As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Hello, friends. I'm Rick Warren, and welcome to Spurgeon Sermons. This is the official podcast brought to you by Premier and Spurgeon's College. You know, the teachings of Charles Spurgeon have had a personal impact on my life in a profound way, and I'm confident they'll do the same for you. So get ready to be challenged, equipped, and guided by Charles Spurgeon, who is universally regarded as the greatest English preacher in the history of the church. Christ in You, a sermon by Charles Spurgeon, part two. Christ in You, the hope of glory. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. My brothers and sisters, every one of our Lord's offices is a wellspring of comfort. Is he prophet, priest and king? Is he friend? Is he brother? Is he husband? Is he head? Every way and everywhere we lean the weight of our soul's great business upon him, and he is our all in all. Besides, there is this sweet thought that he is our representative. Do you not know that of old he was our covenant head and stood for us in the great transactions of eternity? Like as the first Adam headed up the race, and stood for us, alas, I must correct myself, fell for us, and we fell in him. So now has the second Adam taken up within himself all his people, and stood for them, and kept for them the covenant, so that now it is ordered in all things, and sure, that every blessing of it is infallibly secured to all the seed. Believers must and shall possess the covenanted inheritance because Jesus represents them and on their behalf have taken possession of the estate of God. Whatever Christ is, his people are in him. They were crucified in him. They were dead in him. They were buried in him. They are risen in him. In him they live eternally. In him they sit gloriously at the right hand of God, who has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In him we are accepted in the Beloved, both now and forever. And this, I say, is the essence of the whole gospel. Those that preach Christ... Preach the gospel. Those who do not preach Christ preach no gospel. 
It is no more possible for there to be a gospel without Christ than a day without the sun, or a river without water, or a living man without a head, or a quickened human body without a soul. No, Christ himself is the life, soul, substance, and essence of the mystery of the gospel of God. Christ himself, again I say, and no other. I've been trying to think what we should do if our Lord were gone. Suppose that a man has heard of a great physician who understands his complaint. He has travelled a great many miles to see this celebrated doctor. But when he gets to the door, they tell him that he is out. Well, says he, then I must wait till he is in. You need not wait, they reply. His assistant is at home. The suffering man who has been often disappointed answers, I do not care about his assistant. I want to see the man himself. Mine is a desperate case, but I have heard that this physician has cured the like. I must therefore see him. No assistance for me. Well, they say, he is out, but there are his books. You can see his books. Thank you, he says. I cannot be content with his books. I want the living man and nothing less. It is to him that I must speak, and from him I will receive instructions. Do you see that cabinet? Yes. It is full of his medicines. The sick man answers, I dare say they are very good, but they are of no use to me without the doctor. I want their owner to prescribe for me, or I shall die of my disease. But see, cries one, here is a person who has been cured by him, a man of great experience, who has been present at many remarkable operations. Go into the inquiry room with him, and he will tell you all about the mode of cure. The afflicted man answers, I am much obliged to you, but all your talk only makes me long the more to see the doctor. I came to see him, and I am not going to be put off with anything else. I must see the man himself for myself. He has made my disease a speciality. He knows how to handle my case, and I will stop till I see him. Now, dear friends, if you are seeking Christ, imitate this sick man, or else you will miss the mark altogether. Never be put off with books or conversations. Do not be content with Christian people talking to you, or preachers preaching to you, or the Bible being read to you, or prayers being offered for you. Anything short of Jesus will leave you short of salvation. You have to reach out to Christ and touch Christ, and nothing short of this will serve your turn. Picture the case of the prodigal son when he came home. Suppose when he reached the house, the elder brother had come to meet him. I must make a supposition that the elder brother had sweetened himself and made himself amiable. And then I hear him say, come in, brother, welcome home. But I see the returning one stand there with the tears in his eyes, and I hear him lament, 
I want to see my father. I must tell him that I have sinned and done evil in his sight. An old servant whispers, Master John, I am glad to see you back. Be happy, for all the servants are rejoiced to hear the sound of your voice. It is true your father will not see you, but he has ordered the fatted calf to be killed for you. And here is the best robe and a ring and shoes for your feet. And we are told to put them upon you. All this would not content the poor penitent. I think I hear him cry, I do not despise anything my father gives me, for I am not worthy to be as his hired servant. But what is all this, unless I see his face, and know that he forgives me? There is no taste in the feast, no glitter in the ring, no fitness in the shoes, no beauty in the robe, unless I can see my father and be reconciled to him. Do you not see that in the case of the prodigal son, the great matter was to pull his head into his father's chest and there to sob out, Father, I have sinned. The one thing needful was the kiss of free forgiveness, the touch of those dear, warm, loving lips which said, My dear child, I love you and your faults are blotted out. That was the thing that gave his soul rest and perfect peace. And this is the mystery we come to preach to you. God himself drawing near to you in Christ Jesus and forgiving you all trespasses. We are not content to preach about Christ, nor something that belongs to Christ, nor something procured by Christ, nor somebody that has known Christ, nor some truth which extols Christ. But we preach Christ crucified. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And we say to you, never be content till you clasp the Saviour in your arms as Simeon did in the temple. That venerable saint did not pray to depart in peace while he only saw the child in Mary's lap. But when he had taken the dear one into his own arms, then he said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. A personal grasp of a personal Christ, even though we only know him as an infant, fills the heart to the full, but nothing else will do it. I go a little farther still, as it must be Christ himself and none other, it must also be Christ himself rather than anything which Christ gives. I was thinking the other day, how different Christ is from all the friends and helpers that we have. They bring us good things, but Jesus gives us himself. He does not merely give us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and redemption, but he himself is made all these things to us. 
therefore we can never do without him. When very ill, you are pleased to see the doctor. But when you are getting well, you say to yourself, I shall be glad to see the back of the good doctor, for that will be a sure sign that I am off the sick list. Ah, but when Jesus heals a soul, he wants to see Jesus more than ever. Our longing for the constant company of our Lord is the sign that we are getting well. He who longs for Jesus to abide with him forever is healed of his plague. We never outgrow Christ, but we grow to need him more and more. If you eat a meal, you lose your appetite. But if you feed upon Christ, you hunger and thirst still more after him. This insatiable desire after him is not a painful hunger, but a heavenly, pleasant hunger which grows upon you the more its cravings are gratified. The man or woman who has little of Christ can do with little of Christ. But those who get more of Christ pine for a fuller supply. Suppose a wise man were to instruct you, you would learn all he had to teach and then say, let him go on and teach somebody else. But when Jesus teaches, we discover so much of our own ignorance that we would fain keep him as our life tutor. When our Lord taught the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, he opened the scriptures and opened their minds until their hearts burned within them. What next? Shall the divine teacher pass on? No, no. They constrain him, saying, Abide with us. It is toward evening, and the day is far spent. The more he taught them, the more they wished to be taught. This is ever the way with Christ. He is growingly dear, increasingly necessary. O oh, my brothers and sisters, you cannot do without him. If you have your foot upon the threshold of pure gold and your finger on the latch of the gate of pearl, you now need Christ more than ever you did. I feel persuaded that you are of Rutherford's mind when he cried to have his heart enlarged till it was as big as heaven, that he might hold all Christ within it. And then he felt that even this was too narrow a space for the boundless love of Jesus, since the heaven of heavens cannot contain him. And so he cried out for a heart as large as seven heavens, that he might entertain the well-beloved. Truly I am content with what God has given me in all points, save that I long for more of Christ. I could sit down happy if I knew that my portion in the house and in the field would never grow. But I am famished to have more of my Lord. The more we are filled with Christ, the more we feel our own natural emptiness. The more we know of him, the more we long to know him. Paul, writing to the Philippians, when he had been a Christian for many a year, yet says, that I may know him. Oh, Paul, do you not know Christ yet? Yes, says he, and no, 
for he knew the love of Christ, but, but felt that it surpassed all knowledge. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. This is not our case in one respect, and yet it is in another. For all the streams of grace and love and blessedness flow into our souls and we are full. Yet being full, we are longing for more. Not thy gifts, Lord, but thyself. Thou, thou art the desire of our hearts. Thank you for listening, friends. This podcast was brought to you by Premier in association with Spurgeon's College. For more Christian podcasts, sermons, and music, head back to the website premier.plus and sign in for free.